Welcome to the Next Generation Leadership Podcast. This is like two, three, four months in the making, something like that. Bruce Wirt and Micah Rosales-Peterson. And first of all, Micah, I'm just excited that we're finally doing this. We've been talking about this for so long. Oh my God, I am so excited, Bruce. This is going to be so, so good. And I'm so excited that we get to be on this journey together. Yeah, and and one of the things that I really, I said what you asked me to do this podcast with you and and I said, I'll do it, but (laughs) I just can't worry about you know, the guest lineup and all the prep stuff. It's just too much for me. I get overloaded. And you said, I'll do it. And I was looking, you shared with me our guest list. And uh, we'll talk about the guest for today. But the guest list that you shared with me is nothing short of amazing. Fantastic, isn't it? Huh? Yeah. So we'll talk about that later in the show. We'll give you a preview of what's coming up in the next couple of quarters. We're going to do this around every two weeks. So we're going to try to drop a new episode every other Wednesday. And sometimes that might vary by a day or two. We'll see what happens. But first, I just want to start off by giving a brief introduction and a bio of who we are. So uh, you're more important. So let's start with you. Fresh off the presses, you are an ACW, Alliance of Channel Women board member. Yes. Um, yeah, that news is coming out in a, within next week, I think. So I made it to the board. I'm an Alliance of Channel Women board member, and I'm also a Channel Partners board member. I'm also a member of the Allies of the Channel and um, also exposure, diversity, and inclusion. I do so much. I, I, yeah. I can't even keep up. <laughs> Well, and I'm also the channel strategy manager for Telesystem, which is a national telecommunications company. Bruce, you know, because we work together. So. And this is presented by Telesystem. And, presented and by Telesystem. That's the most important thing that you do. And I just want to go back in time because we met uh, about two years ago. I, I knew of you before then, but you didn't work for me. And yeah. we met two years ago in December. Uh, I took the position that I'm in now, which is the chief business development officer at Telesystem. A lot of words uh, to say that- uh, <laughs> Always a tongue twister. I, the chief executive of the front office. So I have sales and product development, marketing. Uh, we kind of fused the chief revenue officer and the chief marketing officer into one position and, and gave it a lot trade. of work. So uh, I met you and you were doing social media yeah. for Telesystem. And I- I talked to you and I said, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? And you weren't even sure that this is what industry you stay in. So what I happened? Was, I was just so confused about where I wanted to go and the direction that I wanted to go in. I think um, specifically, you know, you know me, I was a former beauty queen. <laughs> and my- um, Miss Panama, right? Miss Panama we- US in 2011. Yeah. Wow. And um, so I, I kind of wanted to go the route of being on TV, this type thing. Um, and that was kind of like my passion. And little do we know, you know, it always circles back some weird way where it always ends up being exactly where you're supposed to be. And I always thank you, Bruce, because your leadership helped guide me there. And I hope that this podcast is able to do that for other millennials or other people coming up that need guidance. And I think with the lineup that we have, we're going to get that. We're going to get substance, man. We're going to get good substance that's going to help people. So I'm, I'm so, so excited. Well, one of the things about me is um, I'll never take credit uh, for somebody else's work and you did it all on your own. And it's all about, I, I love to talk about the four P's, which is purpose, passion, perseverance, and positivity. And you have all of those things. And that's what got you to where you are ultimately at and where you're going. Because uh, I think that more than anything else. So we can teach skills. And, and in, on one of these future shows, I'll go into my success pyramid because I, I would love I, to uh, hear it. <laughs> it's like deep in my heart. But I think that people need those four P's. And then if, if that's there as a foundation, we can teach anything, right? Yeah, uh, so that the other stuff has to be there. And uh, positivity, energy, you have all of those things. And just like you, so I'm, I'm in this executive position at Telesystem now. I've been an executive in telecom for the last 15 years. It's crazy. Don't uh, age yourself. How time flies. <laughs> uh, but the, the thing that um, for me, I, I went into this just like you. I came out of school. I, I went to school for 
communications and public relations. And I grew up a big sports fan. So I wanted to do sports on the radio, sports on TV. Similar Uh, paths, Bruce. It's so weird. (laughs) It it is. And that's why this is going to be a great show and people need to tune in. Hit your subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, wherever you like to get your podcast. Look for Next Generation Leadership. Make sure that it's the logo that you see uh, next to the, the thing that you're listening to now. So it's not somebody else's podcast, but uh, it's, it is, it's a great dynamic and um, you were a natural fit in your position and in, in telecom and and look at all the success that you're, you're having now. But I, I went into uh, this company that starts with a big C because I, and I took a sales position because I wanted to get into broadcasting and uh, that company with the big C owns a lot of broadcasting assets. And even back in the nineties, they did too. And I started making a lot of money and I said, yeah. wow, um, I think That's I'll stay here. Huh? Yeah, I think I'll stay here. And, <laughs> and uh, luckily I was able to do some of the broadcasting stuff. You see the wrestling stuff in the background there. And I, I, I know was, um, you're not going to talk about your wrestling, your, your, all of the no. Jimmy Hart and WWE and geez, not now. Like, you're famous. <laughs> not now. Not now, but I, I was blessed to have a, a radio career as well. And we'll talk about that some other day. Tell us about our guest this week. He's waiting in the lobby. And oh, yeah. I, mean, I mean, we'll talk about the others, but you started off with the bang and, and he's somebody that's close to us right now. So yes. what do we got? So our next guest is none other than Ken Mercer, who is a former executive at TBI and a regional channel manager at Telesystem. So Ken is fantastic because he has so much experience. He has had so many positions as an executive and can offer so much advice that I think you will take with you and apply it to your life and it will work. I met Ken for the first time almost 10 years ago. I was an executive with another company and we were trying to get TBI as a partner. And I... I never met Ken before, didn't know a whole lot about him. And we just uh, connected uh, from a leadership standpoint. And we were growing our organizations in much of the same uh, ways. We were uh, kind of working from the same playbook. So ladies and gentlemen, in just a second, we bring you Ken Mercer. Next Generation Leadership, and I am, I was going to say incredibly, and then I was going to go with another word, and I just jammed myself all up. But I'm excited to have Ken Mercer, and I I can say right now, he's a telesystem employee, regional channel manager, focused in the uh, central region for telesystem, but Ken is so much more than that, and Micah gave a brief bio of all the things that you've done, Ken. So before we get into a whole lot of uh, the nitty gritty, why don't you tell us about your journey through business? And, and tell how us you who you up- are, Ken. Tell us who I uh, Well, so I'm a Sagittarius. I like uh, <laughs> long walks on the beach. Um, I want world peace. Um, I think my, my journey through business, I, I believe, honestly, comes from a genuine passion for technology. I, I love everything that technology has always done. I started a long time ago in the computer industry and started building my own computers and playing games. And my wife and I were big multi-online game players and, um, and, and then got to get, getting into telecommunications and being able to solve all kinds of problems. I mean, we were doing secure networks with private lines and then they came frame frame relay and then wireless technologies and so every step of my business path and career has come up through the love and the genuine passion of technology now hold on yeah hold on when you say your wife and i or or your wife and you not me are game players (laughs) are you talking about like call of duty modern warfare you talk about solitaire you're talking about like Poker? No, no, what are you talking? No, about? No, what no. are you talking about, Ken? Let so us know. you know that this this is the, the, the this is such a great story. Um, my wife got really sick. She had a bunch of surgeries over like six years. She couldn't leave the house. And and I was a World of Warcraft player from inception, from day mm-hmm. one. And I was legendary on my server of like sixty thousand people. I was ranked like 29th of wow. like the oh most damaged. Right. And um, for, once the first for, Warcraft hit, I was it was too complica- complicated. I, for me. I, I was I was you know I just I loved it. I loved the um, I loved the interaction with people. We were playing with people from Korea. We were playing with people that were in the military. People that were you know real estate agents. So I guess so. So my wife, 
uh, I, I wanted to give her some kind of social surrogate, and and I got her hooked on Halloween when they had all these trick or treat quests while we were flying wow. around on our brooms, and um, I got her into playing. So the best part of this is that I said, you know, honey, what do you want for your birthday? And she said, I want a liquid cooled Alienware four core Intel PC with 64 megs of RAM. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And she's like, in three 29 inch monitors. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's my girl. That's wow. my baby right there. <laughs> it was you know? a done deal right there. Oh, huh? yeah, because then I got one too. And then we had two desks that were set apart. But before I knew it, you know, I told you I was 29th on that server of 60,000 people. She was 14th. And she oh got better goodness. than I did at it. And then she recruited a bunch of people and built this guild. And then she was running um, raids for four hours at a time, two times a week and stuff like that. So we, we loved it. And, and now it's Fortnite. We play Fortnite a lot. Um, Overwatch is a big one that we play. Um, I'm, I'm still playing some old classic stuff. But So I'm an Xbox gamer, console gamer, PC gamer. Um, but when it comes to... And, and, and that's cool when you want to explain network technologies to customers that don't understand network technologies, right? Sure. There's so many, that was another thing that really bothered me about one, my wife having medical issues and two being in technology, both have the similarity of trying to tell the customer how dumb they are with acronyms and, <laughs> and trying to show them how smart you are and make them feel stupid. Right. And, and so, um, being able to understand the, the, the network protocols of gaming and connecting, or talking online with people, chatting online with people and stuff like that, using those analogies for, you know, the biggest plumber in the world or the biggest pharmacy in the world and talking about one pipe's going to come in for voice, one pipe's going to come in for internet, everything's going to work, it's going to be safe, it's not the internet like, you know, a bunch of hackers are going to come in on. And, and that builds confidence and trust in the customer because you are a genuinely passionate person trying to show them the advantages of what you're trying to sell. So that love of technology, and it started, it's so funny. I don't know, um, Mike, on my bio, I was a 25-year-old vice president. Do you know how you become a 25-year-old vice president? Hard You're work and determination. No. Be the <laughs> second guy to show up on the job for a new project of a spinoff. That's how you become a vice right president. Right place at the right time. Right place And then at hold the right on, time. and then don't <laughs> let go, and don't let them get you out of that office. And that was selling uh, motherboards and, and CPUs. And then we started building servers. And then uh, I, I told, I think I told you, Bruce, you know, I, I always boiled it down to threes and fives. I, I came up with quotes, orders, pay. Let's just say quotes, orders, commissions, quotes, orders, billing, whatever. Mm -hmm. That was because that first company, that MBX Systems, the first office we bought with three people in it was where we would get inbound calls from Computer Shopper Magazine. Then we bought the next office. And that was for finance. So they would do credit card checks and process credit cards. The next office we bought was where we housed all the hardware. And the last office was where they were doing collections. Well, we ran through those doors like a submarine. And I'm like, huh, quotes, orders. <laughs> hey, hey, that makes a lot of sense. And it's kind of followed me all through my career. So, you know, who am I? Where did I come from? My technology career. Really, it's keeping the same simple principles um, and, and I got to say, being in this industry, the, keeping the network of really, really good people, because there are a yeah. lot of really good people mm -hmm. in this, this very small industry, right? And, um, you know, as long as, as long as I can do no harm for people, and I can help, it seems to always come back around for me in, in a good way. So um, now, coming to Telesystem, I liked how Bruce said Ken is a regional channel manager for the central because until we get somebody in Texas, I'm telling everybody I can handle Canada to Mexico right down the center. <laughs> right. And I'm I will. That. Yeah. yeah. And when you hire somebody from Texas, I'll help them and train them up and good karma will come back around and that'll be great too. Right. So, um, and I like the fact that I get the central cause I had a stint in New York where, you know, New Yorkers like New Yorkers and, people from Boston, like people from Boston. And I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a very Midwestern kind of guy, right? So um, yeah, I am happy to have landed here at Telesystem. Um, and I'm happy to be a regional channel manager for the central region. Do you want more from me? You want well, to no, I, I, and I, I know Micah has uh, a whole list of stuff oh, she yeah. wants to go over with. I, yeah, I want to, yeah, I want to talk to you because I, I, I love your mindset on things. And I know that I come to you a lot when it comes to trying to get your I, I, love, I love our talks. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I know that you've had an extensive career um, as an executive. 
Yep. What advice can you give to the new generation who are trying to grow or um, want to be able to be where you were at? What what can That's you tell them? And and how do you manage? And, and for leaders that have teams already, how do you yep. manage the young kids, right? Yeah, <laughs> how do you yeah, manage the millennials and the Gen Z? Cool. What do you do? Yeah, I know a that's a question. loaded question. No, but- it's, a two, it's a two-parter. And it's so cool because like, like I love TBI. I, I was, you know, born and bred TBI through and through. Um, they're at the, you know, almost kind of the beginning, but through the very long part of it. And I love the fact that a lot of the people that we hired when they were 20, 21 are now becoming vice presidents at TBI. And I love those people. I still love those people very much. I'm very proud of them. And, um, and so, you know, the first advice I'd say about growing up and being, you know, one, being in the right place at the right time or recognizing the right opportunity, um, don't leave, don't give up, um, you know, a lot of these people, they get their, this entitlement or this arrogance where they, they think they've done so much for the company where they don't understand what the owner sacrificed or what the single entrepreneur sacrificed. And they demand this or they demand that and they get fired, um, you know, and, and that's, that's what happens when your ego gets in the way and arrogance gets in the way. If you could, uh, so, so managing couple as you rise, yeah, you should, yeah. well, um, Yes, but I mean, you should still fight for what you deserve. And, and so, so back to, I guess, the second part of your question was managing young people. Um, and it was so funny because Bruce, before I started at Telesis, and Bruce and I were talking about pods. And there was, and it's, you know, when, when TBI was nine employees, I mean, we would answer the phone, we would take the quotes, we would go to all the carriers, we did, one person would do everything down to like, double checking that the checks were right before we put the checks out on a, on a spreadsheet. But as you grow, you start getting bigger. At one point we wanted every single customer to have a, a consistent feel with just a group of four people. And we called it a pod. It was a perfect order delivery system. And it was pre-sale, post-sale commissions and carrier escalations all in one group, right? The sales engineer, all in one group. As we got bigger, that didn't work. It wasn't scalable. Um, people quickly found out who the good people were and people quickly found out how the bad people were and we couldn't scale it properly. Um, so we, we had a big pre-sale group. We had a big post-sale group. We had a big sales engineering group and I got to manage the pre-sale group and it was, I don't know, I want to say 40 or 50 people under the age of 30, probably closer to under the age of 25. And so here's this group of people and you have like three legacy employees that had different positions that came in. Maybe they were paid like $2 more for the job that they had prior to that, but you hire seven new ones or eight new ones in. And then they find out that that person was making $2 more. Oh, it's mutiny. It's uproar. <laughs> Faster, everything right? fails, right? It's all, it's all, we're, we're all doomed. So um, we level set everything and everybody knew what they had to do to be at A and they knew what they had to achieve to get to B and they knew what they had to achieve to get to see. So there was a clear path that everybody understood that was transparent of what the definition of success was. And through that success meant promotion and through that promotion meant advancement. And then, you, you know, from, from an account manager to a sales manager, to a sales director, to a regional VP, to an executive VP, whatever. But, but um, we were transparent that way. The other thing I learned pretty easily, quickly, was that you can't... Um, it's, it's, it's difficult to, to critique or criticize uh, younger people, younger than me, people, people that were in that age group at that Don't time. Don't say everyone. I, I'm not. I'm just saying there were a lot of people that were a lot, um, maybe a lot. very sensitive to <laughs> criticism or critiques or, or you know, maybe it was uh, our ability to deliver it properly. I mean, we could take, I could take, I could take responsibility for that as well, but we found that through business intelligence, by putting up all the statistics all over their department on the monitors, how many quotes were they producing? Who was number one? Who was number seven? They managed themselves. It was all peer pressure. And it was so-and-so was getting bonuses and getting to be because it's right there on the screen. I wasn't the bad guy. TBI wasn't the bad guy. There was no favoritism. There was no unfair to it. It was, it, there it is. And that, and that was it. So for leaders that are listening to this right now, you are advising them to let their younger generation manage themselves. Through business intelligence. Through business intelligence. <laughs> yeah, it's very let, important. Let the, through yeah, business yeah. intelligence. No, yeah. I'm letting the business leaders that are listening now to say, treat your young employees like Lord of the Flies. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
the numbers don't lie. If you have the metrics, show the metrics, manage by the metrics, set the goals, make the goals fair and equal across the board and make them easy to understand how to achieve the goals. Be clear on your definition of success and be clear on your measurement of the definition of success. How's that? One of the reasons that you and I hit it off, Ken, I, I remember I, I was with a different company at the time and we were coming in to present being in the TBI portfolio. Yeah. And I think outside of everything else, the reason that it worked out was our leadership styles and our philosophies on growing an organization matched up. And, you know, Micah talked about having young people and, and TBI had a lot of people under 30. But what we both believed in was that whole idea of a farm system yeah. and growing people that can mature and grow to the next level because those people tend to learn everything that they're doing in that organization Agreed. and now they're experts when they get there it's almost like building a sports team and, and sports analogies are overused in business in general yeah. but the the culture is much better when the core of your team comes from that farm system yes. and then grows to become that championship caliber yes. team versus taking free agents and taking a whole bunch of people who were successful in the past and hoping that they grow together as a team. It generally doesn't work out well. So no, no. I think the thing that you and I both have done in different stops is build teams and inspire teams to learn and grow and move up. And if you look at TBI today, yeah. a lot of those people in big positions start it probably in your call center. Or our support. Yes. I was, and I was going to say, let's give Jeff Shepstone credit on that. I mean, he was, he was the evangelist for the call center and for bringing people in and, and giving them, you know, uniform to training on basic telecommunications and giving them that out, outbound presence. And, and he wanted to make salespeople. Uh, I, I wanted to make um, support and order people. I mean, my job was to, to make the wheels run smooth. Um, but uh, even more so to your point, I think, Bruce, and I think Mike and I, we've talked about this too. Yeah. Every chance you get, you should mentor. Mm -hmm. And every chance you get to recognize a good protege, you should elevate that protege. Right. And, you know, there, I won't mention names at TBI, but there are people at TBI that I worked with for a long period of time that actually sat in my office with me, saw every email that I had uh, and listened to, on calls, uh, went on meetings with me that I made introductions to, uh, stood in for me when I missed advisory councils because Lord knows I had like 30 of them. It was ridiculous. Um, and those people are now actually in, in, in leadership roles at TBI. So I, th I think that you should mentor whenever you can. And I think when you recognize a good protege, you should elevate. Them. You know, I've done a lot of different interviews over the years where I talk about, you know, my coaching tree and the people that have come up and some have risen to very prominent positions under yeah. me. I took them when they were green. Uh, yeah. them. I took them when they were, I, I, I don't want anybody to confuse. I said, I didn't say take him. I said them. Um, <laughs> I took them when they were green. And, and I think that that is so important, but it's really funny. And I won't mention any names. I was doing uh, an interview uh, yesterday and the person said, uh, it was they had interviewed with some other people and they got to me and uh, the interview had mixed reviews. And I said, well, what happened? Why? Why didn't you have a great interview? And the person said, well, I talked to some other people in the industry and they told me that you like people that are green. So I was trying to pretend <laughs> like I didn't know anything. <laughs> and I said, most importantly, I like people with passion, perseverance, yeah. positivity. Yeah. Uh, green is okay. I like people that are coachable. And, yes, and yes. I put this out on LinkedIn yesterday. What you did yesterday is not as important to me as what you'll do tomorrow. And it's what you'll do tomorrow that you need to sell me on. Because there's a lot of people that have had great resumes in the past, doesn't translate one lick to what they'll do in the future, because this nope. industry evolves every single day. Telecom. Correct. Correct. Um, yeah, you, you brought up some really good points there. It's, it's not, you, you don't want just green people. Green people are great. And, and, and as long as they're teachable, that was your biggest point. But when you look at seasoned people, you know, I would consider myself seasoned, which means old, Micah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. There are some inherent things that you can't, you can't 
you're not going to get right off the bat from somebody that's green that doesn't know, right? Like, um, you know, an example, and I got and I'll speak to the telesystem culture. And, and I know I don't want this to be a telesystem commercial, but like, I'm working an opportunity right now where um, I need references. And my manager, who I appreciate greatly, um, said, go talk to the team. And I went and spread one message out and the entire team came back with options for me. I've never been in an environment like that before. Everybody is afraid of who's, who's selling what to who or stealing what from who or whatever. Um, and then I have enough insight and experience to know that I need to go through and look through these certain documents to tell the customer, you know, yes, you can get this, but no, you can't get that. And, and a lot of that stuff comes from like, you know, um, HIPAA compliancy, PCI compliancy, SOC 2 compliancy, um, you know, business continuity, things like that. That That's stuff that you can't teach a green person, right? Mm -hmm. Or, um, you know, hey, this reference sounds great, but they've got, you know, three POTS lines. That's, you know, that's not something that I'm going to send to the customer or just the basic way that I communicate to the customer, the prospect. So so that's, that's season. But then you also have job hoppers, right? I mean, it's like I said, I love people in this industry. I really do love most of the people in the industry, but there's some people on pogo sticks and those, that's the tough ones. Those, those, those are the ones, you know, I can understand why you would like green people. And I, I can understand why you would like teachable people, but man, there's tumbleweed telecom out there. And, and that, and that's tough. I mean, that's the, the, you know, the, the same people that are taking, you know, when you interview for a telecom job, you shouldn't ask how big the ramp is and how long the ramp is in your interview. For <laughs> <laughs> any that? job. <laughs> any okay. job. Do you think that that destroys a company culture, having a job hopper? Absolutely. So that is so, and your timing is perfect because it just came up. Um, so I'm, so, so Bruce has built something really cool. When he says that he's built this farm system, we have national channel managers, we have regional channel managers, national channel managers are supporting one of the big master agents that we have. The regional channel managers are working with the agents on the ground in their territory and they can choose which one of the master agents we have that they can work with. So I've been um, extensively this week working with the national channel managers and other regional channel managers trying to kick some of the, uh, try to elevate some of the master agent relationships that we have. And, and this is the quote that I've always said that stands to be true that everybody keeps referencing back. I can have a mediocre company, even with a stupid name, <laughs> and an incredible <laughs> channel manager and be wildly successful, accountable, responsible, knowledgeable, who cares, integrity. I'll kill it. I'll kill it every day. I could have the best company in the world with the best product set with a crappy channel manager and, and just dive into oblivion and fail miserably. And when I start talking to people about that, either from the master agents, our national channel managers or our regional channel managers, my peers, it's all reflecting the same. So that's the danger of destroying that culture with that job hopper. Yeah. Uh, when, when, they're not, when they're not returning calls, I mean, when we're basing success on simple courtesy, yeah. you know, then, then, then we have a problem. That, that's a culture problem. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> and well, that's one of the things for me that I look for in, in uh, channel people and it, it doesn't have to be a channel manager and and I, I think anybody out there listening you could be in any position yeah. but uh, it doesn't matter what level you get to I think it's very important that you're communicative and yeah. and you return calls and you're also um, you have some stamina when it comes to reaching <laughs> out to people and and I've coached people over the years and and this even goes to uh operations and service delivery uh you know this order hasn't gone in because the customer or the agent the vendor hasn't responded to me well there's many means of communication today uh there's email which yep. i see that you use but there's also phone there's yep. also text there's also uh Twitter and Instagram. Facebook, yeah. find the person yeah. and find out what, what, what they like to use to communicate and when, because there's been channel managers that said, well, I, I did call so-and-so, or I did text. And I said, did you try it at seven o'clock <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Did you try it at seven in the morning? Did you try it at seven at night? There are different ways to get in touch with different people. And it's all about finding that, uh, that happy 
middle period where uh, where the handshake happens. There's a really happens. wise person told me once. I, I I've had those. I've used those excuses myself in my in my past. Right. Oh, I've tried calling them. I've tried to get through. I've had those excuses. And and boy, the rubber hit the road when somebody once told me, "This is what I want you to do. I want you to call that person at let's just say 4 p.m. today." and say, no need to call me back because I'm going to call you back tomorrow at the exact same time and just leave that voicemail every day. <laughs> and he's like, and then if they don't Until call you, you back, <laughs> right, if they don't call you back, then, then I'll let you off the hook, Ken. Then you've, then you've done your job. And, and sometimes that's what it takes. It's tenacity. But it's also, I mean, you have to be front of mind. You have to be, there's a lot of times I just call people on a weekly basis to talk about success stories or failures to jog the memory of what's going on and, and, and yeah. what's appropriate. Um, uh, is it Eric, Eric Brooker or Eric Booker from Big Leave? Yeah. He's yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So on LinkedIn, yeah. he puts yesterday, he says, um, I've been calling the CEO of the third largest cellular company in the country and uh, calling and emailing and he hasn't returned my call. And no, I don't think he'll be a guest on my show he has answered every single one of my emails. So if the CEO of the largest cell phone company in the, in the country can answer my emails, you can too. Right. And, and that's the truth of the matter, right? It, Here, here's, uh, and, and Micah, uh, just give me one more before uh, I know you have a whole, a whole bunch of stuff that you want yes. to get to. Just give me so, one more. Hold on, one more, one more, one more, one more. She's, she's, um, the whole LinkedIn thing. So- yeah when we talk about communicating and I've put this out there so many times in so many different ways, uh, I get that HubSpot and there's, there's a whole bunch. I, I, I named HubSpot cause we use it, but there's a lot of, of uh, products that connect to LinkedIn that will do uh, spam generated emails. And as an executive, I get 25 to 30 a day. And what happens sadly is I miss things that I actually want to see because yeah. this spam fills up my inbox. So yeah. I generally coach people, whether they work for me or whether they're trying to sell to me that I'd rather you bother me by calling me every single day, because I probably won't answer your call. Maybe the first 15 times that you're trying to sell me something, but by the 16th time I'll get tired enough that I'll pick up the phone and say, all right, give me two minutes of your right. best pitch. What do right. you want? You know, and then I'll tell you never to call me again. Or there's plenty of times where I'll say, listen, I'm not going to start the conversation, but start with this person. If it gets back to me, then um, hallelujah, it's great. Yeah. And we'll do business. But I will never, ever, ever take a spam generated email that no. is not customized on LinkedIn, that the only custom part is my name and my position, <laughs> which you get wrong. If, 50% of the time, I will never respond to it. So stop doing it. And I don't know oh. who's responding to those things. Who Mark, is it? Marketing professionals, you hear it here. <laughs> who's responding? Because I want to know those people so that we can cancel their LinkedIn membership. <laughs> you, I, I, I purposely don't have a premium LinkedIn uh, membership and I don't get those. And you were offering premium, and I think premium is a mistake. I think you should have to work through the network to get those those people. And I have incredible results and communications and and enjoy on my LinkedIn profile without getting spammed. People ask me, you know, can you direct me? Oh, hey, who's the decision maker for buying internet at Telesystems? And I'm like, I don't know. My job's the same as yours. Who's the decision maker buying internet at your company, right? Because I don't know. It's not my position. It's not my deal. And it's as simple as that. But your story about Happy birthday, Bruce Wirt. Oh, by the way, buy my stuff. That just killed me. That slayed me. I've never that met you before. So I've never met you before, but yeah. happy, happy birthday. birthday. Happy anniversary. Or um, here's my favorite. And and uh, I have, I'm reading something, but I have a hundred of them. Uh, Bruce, thanks for connecting. Hope all is well and hope you and your family are staying safe. You don't care about my family. You've never met. Yes, I hope you're staying safe as well. Too. You know what? I I don't have a Facebook well, page. Too. I don't have a Twitter <laughs> account. I don't have any other social media at all. I've stayed away from all of it. Luckily, thank God, my dad's Ken Mercer Sr. And he gets tagged to whatever, I don't know, because he's like, what do you do? Uh, because I'm getting, I'm getting all kinds of weird stuff on Facebook. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's not. 
I'm like, thank God I don't have a Facebook page. So anyway, you know, I hear you. And there is, there, you know, it's funny, given the certain times of just what happened, social media is an interesting monster, uh, good it or is. bad. So um, it, but is, I, it can make or break you. Yeah. And um, I just, I look at it as a different form of communication. I, I you know, Bruce, somebody was preaching DDoS yesterday on LinkedIn and I, I, I just chimed in. Yep. We offer it free on all our circuits and hit our pops and NNIs. And I'm like, wow. I really need to talk to you. That that's a win. That's a hit, man. That's a that's a great. You know, it was, and all I was trying to do was help. Wasn't trying to sell. Didn't have a pitch. But that's a great point. And 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 I I coach people uh, on Twitter this way as well. Um, a lot of people will try to post on Twitter and gain followers and gain traction by like using a hashtag and doing a post. And that, that's sometimes that works. You're much more likely to get somebody to see and notice you if you comment on something that's already out Correct. there. Yeah. So I'd I'd much I'd be much more likely to look at what you're saying and then click on your profile to see who you are and what you do. If you comment on something that I say or mm -hmm. some thread that I'm on, then for you to send me a spam generated yes. spot generated, yes. how are you doing? How's your family? Hope all is well. Happy birthday. So yeah. I'm thinking that Ken and Bruce need to have like a, uh, a webinar on how to sell on social media. How about that? <laughs> What? That's I'm not giving away my like. secrets. You're going to steal all my reps and steal all my master agents. By the no way, way. This, this podcast is uh, brought to you. If you're watching on video, it's brought to you by Telesystem, not Diet Coke. But listen, <laughs> there is no time in the day that I will not have a Diet Coke. I have to have my morning. Con there you go, Ken. Screw diet. Regular Coke. That's the, that's the cancer-free cancer version. Sorry, Diet, diet Coke. I'm not. Uh, that's not. a Listen, there's no correlation to Diet Coke and cancer. I'll get myself in trouble. <laughs> Man, Micah, what do you got? Oh, you God, got, yeah. So um, let's just tie it all together. Um, so I guess being an emotional leader or an emotional intelligent leader, right? Yes. How do you use that to elevate a culture within an organization? How That's have you done great that? Great question. Um, I, I have done it with great pain and um, boy, I've had some really strange... I've walked a very empathetic, empathetic tightrope. I've worked for, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I've worked for some of the strongest personalities in the industry, period. Hands down, I don't think anyone would argue with me from, from when I was 25 and a VP all the way up and up. And, and until basically, until I got to Telesystem. Bruce is a strong personality in a completely different way than I'm used to. And I've got the scars to prove it. And I mean that in the most loving way because... <laughs> The people that I've worked for in the past that have been incredibly successful are successful because the, they are the way they are. I'm not the way they are, but they are the way they are. And that's fine. If I have to run interference, it, it's, it's a tightrope. You, you have to embody the vision of the leader and, and, and live it and, and, and breathe it and be the brand. But you also have to feel the emotion and the morale of the employee, the client, the agent, the partner, the vendor. Mm. And I mean, I'd say 99% of the time, those don't mesh. They don't. Yeah. And, and so, so you're the fireman, right? It's like, you know, I, I want more, 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 gimme, gimme, gimme. And we want more, 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 gimme, gimme, gimme. And you don't care about us. And, you know, oh, they don't care about us. And it's just, it's, so, so it's a tightrope. And um, I, I'm, you know, I guess, I'm pretty sensitive. I hate to say that. I hate to say it like that, but I'm pretty sensitive. <laughs> you have sensitive. a big heart. I do. I, um, I was a mama's boy. I love my mom. My mom raised me right. I'm pretty respectful that way. Um, I'm pretty in tune with people's feelings, but I'm also pretty blunt and direct in my delivery, which has gotten me in trouble in the past. If I was going to give any advice. If, like a if, fine line. <laughs> if 50-year-old Ken was going to give 25-year-old Ken advice, it would be clean up that potty mouth and be a little yeah. more respectful, yeah. you know? And be careful about what you say about people because it comes back around. I mean, I've gotten a, a, a big dose of humility and political correctness in the last 10 years that I don't think I started with, but there is, if you walk a floor and it's so sad that the pandemic, we can't do this, but if you walk a floor and you, you see smiles or people are looking at you and shaking their head, you, you can feel the morale feel of the team. Yeah. yeah. Even, even in a meeting, even in a meeting where it's a, 
you know, you, it's a presentation kickoff or you guys are um, having a salesman or something, you can feel it. And um, I got, I really, I have to be really careful about what words I use, what analogies I use, because I don't want to. Okay, so don't use it. <laughs> yeah, well, I know, I don't want to incriminate any one person in particular, but um, there's a fine line between having a really, really happy environment and a really hardworking environment. And the leaders will always want you to work harder, have less employees, have more production, and the employees will always want to have cooler environments, better events, better pay, better compensation, and you get to be the person in the middle that balances yeah. between that line. And I think that I said that in a way that would embody all of the great leaders that I've worked for without in, in, you know, in, you know, excluding any of them or making any of them in a bad light. Because they were all very strong individuals that I learned incredible things from. All of them. They had a combination of of being a thought like thinker and emotional leader, right? Or did they have? Did they lean one way? No, they um, were a hundred percent thinkers, not emotionally. Yep. Their their emotions, their company, their baby, their vision, because it's their company. They, they, you know, they mortgage their house. It's blood, sweat, and tears. They started in the basement, and you know, twenty years later, the twenty five year old is asking for a five dollar raise because they think they deserve it. The the owner, the leader, was like. I was eating bologna sandwiches in my basement 20 years ago, you ungrateful brat, right? And I think that that never really leaves the entrepreneur. And that, 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 can, that can hurt culture, right? Um, but you have to respect the fact that he ate bologna sandwiches worked out of his basement and, yeah. and, and, and built what he built. And, and now yeah. it's like, I'll tell you, I will, I will sing praise to one leader. I'm going to sing praise to Jeff Shepstone because Jeff Shepstone deserves it. Um, I believe truly in my heart that Jeff Shepstone's purpose in life right now and the pride and joy of his life right now is that he gives uh, everyone in his company a chance to have and make a living and build a family and invest and invest in their future. And um, I love the way that TBI turned out that way. And I know that that motivates Jeff. Um, I don't think that always motivated Jeff, but I know for a fact that it does now. And I think that that is a great way to give back. And I'm kind of seeing that, like I see, I'm seeing that in Ted Schumann from Planet One. I'm seeing that more from Alan Sandler and Sandler Partners as they come up. Um, Matt Hardy, I think, has always been that way. I mean, and Tim Boss has always been that way. But there's, there, there is a an in, point of inflection where you go from I sweat, blood, and tears earn this, and you're asking me for more, you ungrateful punk, to I'm big enough now where I want you to grow and rise up with us and become, you know, part of the family and have your own success and, and, and things like that. So I think, I think, uh, I guess I got, I got, I got the, the early years for those entrepreneurs that were tougher. And so that's probably why I had such a hard time dealing with it where they didn't have the emotions for the employees. Maybe Does that make sense. Yeah. And Ken, I want to ask you, hold on to this, because I want to ask you how you're able to lead now, not in a management position, because it's a very different style. And I see it from you. So I want to come back to that. But I do want to spend some time because um, I've walked through the same journey, right? I said a lot of stupid things uh, 10 and 15 <laughs> years ago. I've done a lot of stupid things. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I did radio for five years. I still do it now. I'm, I'm just more careful about what I say. And I will say that uh, coming to Telesystem and working for a multi-billion dollar company has taught me how to reign, be who I am and share my energy, but reign some of the uh, cavalier nature of my personality yes. in. Because sometimes you say something that you think is funny and it might be funny to you, but it's not funny to 99% of the other people. Yeah. And um, it's just stupid. And yeah. as you uh, mature, you realize what's stupid. Yeah. And uh, so I think that um, emotional intelligence is, in many senses, reading the room, yeah. speaking to the audience and inspiring. So it's not being funny just to be funny so that a couple people can chuckle at an inside joke, but it is reading the room and figuring out what you can say and how you can use your words and your energy to make somebody want to be better and get yes. the most out of themselves. Maximize yes. And humor and humor is fun. Humor is when used the right way, 
what a great icebreaker for a customer, a partner, a client, a vendor. It doesn't matter. I think, you know, I, I, I think that I'm actually a very funny person. You know, I, I have a, a pretty wicked sense of humor um, and I know how to use it the right way now, like you said, but those advisory councils, I was surrounded by the greatest of the greats in the channel, right? Yeah. Um, one of them once said to me, Waterfall. you're only doing this because you're bored and you don't care. And, and he's like, all you're trying to do, your delivery is so dry. Nobody knows if you're joking or not. And you're just trying to get a reaction out of people because you're bored. And so a lot of my humor, which was pr- pretty distasteful, was basically me entertaining myself because I just didn't care. <laughs> and, and that's that's not the right way to be professional. That's not the right way to raise people up around you. It's just, it's a waste of time. The other, the other thing is... Um, and, and then we'll get back to that question. And then I want to get back to whatever is on Micah's list. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think this is a good, this is a solid conversation. I like it. Good, good. Well, if that, that's my, that's, that is the true scorecard. Um, one of the things that I learned over the years, and I, I learned by um, having an epiphany. I used to, because everybody in telecom seems to like to talk about each other. You could have the best person in the world and then somebody will find some negative or some way to poke fun at that person. And uh, you tend to jump on like it's the bandwagon effect. Oh yeah, so-and-so is this. And I was thinking one day, and it was probably five or six years ago, I'm listening to somebody do that. And I'm thinking, <laughs> if they're saying this with me, they're what doing this they about me at the same time. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I learned that uh, that's not what I'm going to do to the extent right. that I can oh. cannot do it. I, I do imitations and everybody knows that. Um, but I do imitations that I would I would do in front of the person as well. I wouldn't do anything. And that's my kind of my credo. I won't do anything behind somebody's back that I wouldn't do right to their face. And that's when along with that emotional intelligence and reading yeah. the room, um, you can put something together and, and have, you know, charisma and have a uh, good intended humor uh, yes. versus, yeah. Oh my word. Uh, that person's really talking down about this other person or making fun of them or the competition. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about with, with the competitor or um, it's, it's so funny. Good humor, and I'll give you an example of good humor, Bruce. You say it. Yeah, my T1 is better than your T1, and we're using Type 2 access. That's funny. That makes sense to everybody all the way around, right? Um, but when you say, you know, hey, if you want an actual commission check, then you probably don't want to go with so-and-so. Right. That's bad humor, and that's bad stuff. I, 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 you know, And, boy, I was in a tough position at TBI where I had to yay or nay vendors. I remember even sitting on a panel at Channel Partners. There must have been 200 people in the room. And it was Intellisys, Talaris, me, and somebody else. And this guy stood up in the audience and said, Ken Mercer, I've called you numerous times. You won't even give me the time of day. How do I get on TBI's vendor list? And I looked over at Rick Deller and I said, get Intellisys to sign you and then I'll sign you up. And he (laughs) glared at me. I thought it was funny. Again, probably bored, but I was making a point. I mean, it it was, and it was a valid point. After I left TBI, I had to make the conscious effort of every judgment I've ever had about everybody in the telecom industry was probably incorrect and I needed to start over. And at the same token, they had to do it to me too. I had a lot of people go, man, you're really not as arrogant as I thought you were. And I'm like, wow, that sucks. I really wish that that wasn't the reflection that I had made in the past. But I guess I was an arrogant guy uh, earlier on. So, but you live and you learn. You do. And if, as long as you're teachable, right. As long as you're coachable, um, you'll never grow old and you can always get better. And that's how I see it. Um, and that's what, what I, why I try to do that. All right. Let's wrap in this manner. You're EVP at TBI, right? You took the organization, helped take the organization from a very small company into what it is today. Yep. Uh, you go and you take an opportunity as a chief technology officer for a different company, uh, director at a competitor of, of Telesystems. Uh, yep. And then uh, you came to me, uh, you at the beginning of the pandemic uh, needed an opportunity and you said, I just want to be a regional channel manager. I I can give some of the best of my leadership capabilities, but I can also contribute at the ground level. And I don't want to come to an organization and have to 
instantly learn the culture as a leader. I'd rather um, work at the ground level, learn the organization, and yeah. then try to, to rise up. How do you impart your leadership that you've learned over the years and do it in a, in a producing position, an individual contributor? <laughs> A good question. And, and, and that, and you, you, that's, that's a great, I'm, I really like the way that you presented that. Thank you. Cause that's it's like fair. a job interview question. Yeah. But yeah. But the, the way that you presented how, cause it is the way I came to telesystem. It was true. It was, you know, I don't want to be the vice president. I don't need to be the vice president. And a lot of that stems from how many vice presidents were forced upon me in my career that I didn't get a say in that didn't work. Right. Um, so how do I, and it's so funny, how do I impart my leadership or my management skills at Telesystem in the position that I'm in? I do it every single day, Bruce, and I don't know how I do it. I just do it, and I do it by talking to my peers. I do it by talking to partners. Um, and it's funny, I guess there, there's an emotional intelligence too. Every one of your national channel managers has a very distinct, different personality. Mm-hmm. And I'm enjoying working with all of them in a very different way, the way they want to be worked with. And it's great. Cool. And every one of your regional channel managers also has a very distinct personality and style and a lot of history with the country company, which is really cool too. Right. Yep. So I am working with them in a very distinct way. Um, I'm helpful where I can, I'll make introductions where I can. Um, I, I bounce ideas off of them about, Hey, well, if you're doing this here, why can't you do it here? These guys will do exactly the same thing. Ken, can you set up a call? Sure, I'd be happy to set up a call. Um, so I think I have just together a lot too. To just so the the overall mantra of um, I am here to help, and and all will go, will all good things will come to me from that is basically it. No entitlement, no expectations. You know, hey, if you made me regional vice president of the Central U.S. in five years and I earned it, that's cool. I'm okay with that. You know, that's a nice goal to have. Sure. But if I didn't, you know, it's so funny. I, I told Mike I was going to say this. I took this job because of you, right? I knew you and I liked what you were saying. I had no, I had very little idea of what Telesystem was capable of. I didn't know how much money they had. I didn't know how much capability they had, how many different types of products, how many different types of options, how nimble they could be how much they cared and how much culture was so important to the company. I didn't find that out until after I got hired. It was like, whoa, this is cool. And I was talking to a friend who works for a competitor yesterday and I'm like, oh yeah, we can do this and we can do that and we can do this and we can do that. And, we can, and he's like, oh man, oh, we can't do that. Oh God, I wish we could do that. And I'm like, wow, that would have been a bad job to take, right? So the fact that I knew you and I trusted you and I took the job was a blessing the fact that Telesystem had such an amazing product portfolio, financial backing, history, and culture was God taking care of me. I mean, it's the only way I could put it. It was God taking care of me. And so now I'm going to give it back as much as I can. Um, and as much as you have a five-year plan that I think you're three years into, I still think we're pivoting where we need to at times. Sure. Well, and, and that's the that's the beauty of the of the long term plan. You have to pivot, otherwise, right? if you don't take what you learn every day and apply it to tomorrow, right? That's a plan that's going to fail. And okay. so, you know, people are coming in and saying, "Well, and, and we've talked about how much of a mixed message there can be, depending on who you talk to, with IntelliSystem." And I'm like, yeah, it was like that yesterday, but now it's like this. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. You know, I, I can roll with that and we can work. And, and, but if you explain to them why it's like this now, then they're like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. So I'm imparting my leadership skills and my management skills by offering help to everyone that I talk to every day. And like I said, in the beginning of the call, I'm reciprocating as well. I needed references and everybody jumped within seconds to try to help me. So I have no problem helping wherever I, if you guys need me to empty garbage cans, I'll come empty garbage cans, Toledo or Philly. I don't care as long as it's good for the company. So, so that's how I'm doing it. I'm doing it with a spirit of good karma and help and growth and respect and mutual admiration for my peers. Really. Well, right now, until the the world uh, heals from this pandemic, the only place you have to empty empty garbage is in your your own home. Yeah, I got I got the I was fortunate enough to go to Louisville with Seth. You did, and part of the the best, you know, half of that trip 
was getting to know Seth, which was amazing, who I report to, whoever's on this podcast. Seth Gibbs is, is my sales director, and he is absolutely amazing, one of the best I've worked for. And then um, the other part was going down and seeing partners in Louisville who needed to be seen, which was fun and cool and telling the telesystem story. And I think that was like, I don't know, my third or fourth week on the job. And then they shut Louisville down real bad, right? <laughs> um, so, but, but we did get a chance to do that. Boy, is it going to be fun again? Because the response is overwhelming when the story is told right. And that's what I yeah. really love about this culture. Awesome. So, by, by the way, so a quick story and then we'll we'll uh, wrap and we'll, we'll preview the next uh, couple of episodes. But Seth Gibbs, you talk about um, green and uh, Seth is a fantastic success story. He was, I met him, he was working at, at the previous company that, um, that I led at. He was working overnights. Uh, no, he was working daytime in, uh, in support. And uh, he was very good. Uh, he was a supervisor or manager in the support team. And he was working overnights at a, uh, uh, one of the big couriers. And uh, I'm like, when do you sleep? And he said, well, I get a couple hours when I can. I said, why don't you come and put your customer service skills into being an account manager? Yeah. And we'll teach you sales. And I'll teach you the partner game. And he has grown into one of the, not just the leaders there. And then I was uh, blessed to be able to, uh, to bring him here, but he's one of the leaders in the industry. One of the smartest people I know uh, developing, but that is somebody where uh, he wasn't hired because he had a long resume right. before. It's right. looking at all of the things that make up that person and say, what can you do for me tomorrow? So and that's where me not coming in as a VP benefits. I mean, I'm working for this incredible talent who I swear to God, his heart rate never rises above 60 beats per minute. It never does. No <laughs> matter what. Voice. Right. Yeah. He is so calm and so not, and knows how to get things done or knows how to give the right advice. And I wouldn't benefit from that culture. If I had come to you demanding, you know, a gigantic salary in a ridiculous position with a corner office, um, and, and so, yeah, that would, that's not going to work. That's not a long-term plan. And I'm a long-term guy. I mean, that was, that was the deal. So yeah. Kudos to Seth. Love him. Uh, it's the Ken and Seth show, as far as I'm concerned. That's the worst part about this podcast. Uh, tomorrow there's going to be 60 job offers in Micah's inbox. Well, I've given advice. Now I said, I said, don't leave. Don't right? leave. Don't leave. You, you know, you want to be the VP. Don't leave. On my interview question with Telesystem, uh, Carlene, uh, our product manager, asked, "What's your biggest regret?" I said, "Leaving TBI." I mean, that was a bad decision. It was a bad decision. We were going through some strange times, and there were some strange people there. That was a bad decision on my part. So, um, you can make all the job offers you want to Micah to Seth. My advice for success is don't leave. They need to pull you out of that office, kicking and screaming, because great things will come if you don't. If you do right. the time and you do the work, you will reap all of the rewards and the benefits that you can handle. I mean, great. and the thing too, is that I, I, I have a great leader, Bruce, yeah. you know, I- Oh, stop it. <laughs> I have loyalty to Bruce and, um, and the leadership that he's given me. I, you know, I just have to stick with him. All right, so. well, you, you, you both are, are way too kind to me. Ken, thank you so much for My being pleasure. guest number one on yeah, Next Generation Leadership. We didn't have to look too far. Anytime you guys need anything, I would be happy to do that for you. Never, anytime. Back on Next Generation Leadership. And that was such a fun conversation with Ken so Mercer. Good. Yeah, I normally get to talk to him. It's like an employee-employer relationship. And yeah. that was just a great, fun conversation about growth and development and good old karma for uh, for about an hour it went longer than we planned but it just flowed Micah and that's yeah. what we want to do and he has such substance I, I love Ken and I, I hope that whoever listens to that gets something out of that I, I know I did it was great and I can't wait for the next lineups that we have yeah, we what have we got who's coming up Drum roll, please. We have so many people coming up. We have Tina Gravel from uh, AppGate, who's the senior vice president over there. Nancy Ridge, who's the CEO of Originovative. Reggie 
Bridget Scales, the EVP and GM at Vonage, wow. Jasmina, VP of Channel Partnerships at Everbridge. Oh my God, we have so many people. And we have Janet Shines. Janet Shines, the world famous Janet Shines. She talks on so many different groups and panels. Uh, she was uh, an executive at Office Depot, an executive, uh, the chief channel executive at Verizon, just a, a great speaker and uh, one of the uh, icons in this industry. That's, that's exciting. An icon. <laughs> what a list. And then listen, please subscribe, whether you uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google play. I love Stitcher because I have, um, I have a, there's my family. I have a, an, a, a Samsung. So I don't, I don't, Apple is not for me. So right. I don't use iTunes. I use Stitcher and there's a lot of different ways. Like Spotify is becoming popular, but for me, Stitcher, I like the whole, like, 15 second rewind and fast forward button so I can skip through commercials, which we don't like when you do it, but um, that's what I prefer, but you can get this almost anywhere. And as we continue to do it, it'll become even more widely available, or you can uh, check out the video version on YouTube uh, through the telesystem website. So check us out wherever you go. We hope you had fun. I had a lot of fun. I had fun. You had fun, Bruce. I had fun. And and this for me, I've been waiting for so many years. I've been doing sports and uh, pro wrestling podcasts since 2010. Um, You know, some of my employees that worked for me back in the very beginning uh, lived through some of the pain of of me trying to uh, to do that as a side career. I was working seven days a week and. you, you learn a lot as you grow, right. but, um, and, and they'll, uh, they'll, they'll know who they are as they're listening, hopefully listening to us today, but that's it for this week. We'll be back uh, in two weeks and we'll drop this every Wednesday, every other Wednesday or so. So for uh telesystem channel, uh, channel strategy manager, you changed your title recently, Micah Rosales Peterson. My name is Bruce Wirt and we will see you next time on next generation leadership. See you later.